0: On today's show, Volkswagen is going to make cheap EVs to take on Tesla. The Bay Area is becoming the epicenter for autonomous cars and why it's time to drop the F in FCA. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily, the voice of the automotive industry. Say, is it time to drop the F in FCA? Bloomberg reports that a small investor group is calling for Fiat Chrysler automobiles to sell off Fiat to Peugeot and to spin off Maserati and Alfa Romeo. It wants FCA to concentrate on North America, where, in the third quarter, the company made 97% of its profits. Here's our out-of-line insight. While FCA does not break out earnings for Fiat, we're quite sure it doesn't make any money. And it will require a lot of investment going forward. So, why invest billions in a brand that's never going to provide a return on that capital? And yet, we're realists too. This is not going to happen as long as the Agnelli family controls 50% of FCA's shareholder voting rights. Italy would never forgive the Agnellis if they sold off Fiat. Volkswagen is planning on introducing a cheap EV to take on Tesla. According to Reuters, it'll cost less than 20,000 euros, or about $23,000. Volkswagen plans to make 200,000 of them a year. We're guessing it will have a small battery to cut costs, so look for a range around 80 miles. Another EV, the ID Aero, a midsize sedan, will have a production volume of 100,000 units. Even though VW will sell these cars at an affordable price, We doubt it's going to make a profit on them. It's regulations that are forcing automakers to make electrics, not the allure of making a fortune. Still to come, BMW shares details about the new M8. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, advanced materials that deliver better results. Lear, a global leader in automotive seating and electrical systems and by ExxonMobil. The other day we were talking about the BMW 8 Series convertible. Today we got more info on the Performance M8 version. While the facts are still vague, the M division was able to cut weight, increase rigidity, and bolt in a unique suspension system. Power comes from a twin-turbo V8 that produces north of 600 horsepower. It's mated to an all-wheel drive system with rear-wheel bias But there will also be a two-wheel drive mode. And here's something that caught our eye. There's no direct mention of the M8 being electrified, but the press release talks about, and we quote here, electric power consumption figures, which leads us to believe there's going to be a plug-in version. Remember, many European cities are talking about banning cars running on internal combustion engines, but plug-ins can run on electric power in city centers, so it would make sense to make it a plug-in. The M8 launches in 2019, so it won't be long before we know more. Daimler and Bosch just announced plans to test an autonomous ride-hailing service in San Jose, California. It will launch in the second half of 2019 for a number of select users. They'll use Mercedes S-Classes equipped with Level 4 and 5 autonomous technology. You know, the Bay Area is quickly becoming the center of the universe for autonomy. Waymo, Lyft, and GM, to name a few, are all performing tests there, as well as dozens of other startups and suppliers. Hey, coming up next, finally, it's time for You Set It. Lighter, safer, stronger, quieter, and more sustainable. Tell us where you need to go, and we'll help you get there. Dow Automotive Systems. We don't succeed unless you do. Okay, it's time for the show where I get to answer some of your questions. Bob D. says, On your comment giving GM and Ford credit for posting their revenue and losses on their mobility activities, it's not gutsy, but rather a requirement to disclose these numbers since they are public companies. Well, Bob, that's not really the case. They don't have to break out these numbers. That's why we have never seen a profit and loss statement for OnStar. Public corporations do have to provide shareholders with transparency on how the company is performing, but they don't have to break out everything. Stewart says, Why is the government even involved with fuel economy? There's no shortage and doesn't look like there will be for hundreds of years. Modern cars emit practically zero emissions. Could it be that government just wants to control everyone and everything? Well, Stewart, my guess is, You're not old enough to remember how bad air pollution was a half a century ago, or remember how much lead there was in gasoline back then. The free market and competition is a great way to improve products and services, but in some areas, like automotive emissions and safety, we can't wait around for market forces to stop making people sick or even killing them. We need regulations to do that. We got a couple of questions here about China. WineGeek says... Now the rapidly growing Chinese market is not growing so fast, so what do they do now? And Fred wants to know, the Chinese manufacturing landscape appears to be full of sinkholes and landmines that favor the local subsidized companies. How will this arrangement be able to penetrate the USA market? Well, I say the world better watch out. As sales slow down in China, Chinese companies will look for other global markets to absorb their excess capacity, i.e., they're going to go on an export binge. But they won't be coming to the USA, at least not anytime soon. With Trump's 25% import tax on Chinese-made vehicles, they have no chance of competing in the American market. Brian Murray wants to know, was it really smart for Jaguar to invest millions or billions in three new production facilities that are outfitted for ICE vehicles? He means internal combustion engine vehicles. Well, look, we're not at the end of the ice age, at least not yet. Even the most bullish proponents of electrified cars admit that 70% of all vehicles in 2030 will have a piston engine on board. That's nearly three design cycles away, so Jag will have plenty of time to revamp those plants if EVs really catch on. 3XYZS Corp heard our report that GM skipped going all aluminum with its pickups in favor of using many different types of materials to cut costs. He asks If GM using steel has such a price advantage, why are their trucks so effing expensive? Even the midsize CC. I'm guessing he means the Chevy Colorado. Well, look, cost is one thing, price is another. GM is pricing its trucks to maximize profits. And as long as people are lining up to buy them, they got the price right. David Lopez wants to know, will having so many different metals increase repair costs and make it harder to recycle at the end of life? Well, David, you'd be amazed at how easy it is to recycle all the metal in a car or truck. Plastics, not so much. Glass, not at all. But high volume recycling yards can recycle 800 vehicles a day. That's close to the number of cars that an assembly plant makes. And then they fill up semi-trucks with scrap steel, aluminum, magnesium, copper, and zinc because there's so much market demand for that scrap. Temper 44 has a question. Why did Elon Musk say that the Tesla pickup truck would be made out of titanium? Is Elon Musk forced to use titanium to save weight so he can fit bigger batteries into the truck? Temper, the dude was smoking a doob. He's not going to make a truck out of titanium. Look, a ton of advanced high-strength steel costs about $1,000 a ton. Titanium costs around $60,000 a ton. You do the math. It ain't going to happen. And finally, John Viajani says, Just getting into referring to the AutoLine Network channel for current car industry news, I like the variety of items that receive a brief focus and that I can look further into topics of personal interest afterwards. Well, John... Thank you for that feedback. You just made our day. And with that, we're going to call it a day. Thanks for watching and don't forget, we'll be right back here on Monday.